welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and to, with me is Roy. God, I don't know why I can't say anything. The baseball landscape is rumbling. Dun, 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 dun. You've got you've got trade rumors. You've got draft signings. We've got minor league transactions all over the place. Guys starting to move up. The the ground is moving, and God, and I tell you, the the water, the earth is moving as well. Because oh my God, the last week is just raining. It's raining right now in Atlanta. Did you see what happened in Germany? Holy it, cow, massive flooding. The whole place is underwater. The whole, what is going on with this world? And then you oh. got fires all over the West Coast. What, what, is it, what was that movie, 2000, oh. 2012, when like the, everything just went to hell? It oh, was right. Um, when, when, the, when the Mayans pres- uh, predicted that the end, of the, the end times would come. Well, maybe we're witnessing the end times about nine years later than the, uh, the Mayans. There was a slight miscalculation there. I think, I think the apocalypse needs to take the vaccine. Oh, man, that's so bad. Okay. <laughs> Well, okay. So to start things off, we've yeah. got uh, we've got Jackson Merrill and James Wood both signed uh, the first two picks of the draft. Uh, Jackson Merrill signed for one point eight million dollars, which is seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars under the slot for the twenty seventh pick. James Wood signed for two point eight million dollars, which is about one and a half million over the slot for the sixty second pick. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a lot of money to pull James Wood away from what Mississippi, Mississippi State, yeah, and Mississippi State, and then Merrill was was committed. To Tennessee, right? To Tennessee, yeah. And he's he's from. I mean, he's from Kentucky. Um, he went to school. No, his his commitment was to Kentucky. Yeah, right. He was going to school in in Maryland. Uh, but anyway, so it's not a surprise that Jackson Merrill signed for underslot. It was kind of a reach at that pick. People seemed to think that he was more of a of a like a late first round, early th- early second. Or, I'm sorry, round. late second round, early third round kind of a pick. Uh, where James Wood was kind of the the opposite, right. that he had first round talent, had a rough season, but a lot of the evaluators still see I mean, the guy's six foot seven and two hundred and forty pounds and can play center field. So and that, and that <laughs> just goes to show you one bad season dropped him like he was supposed to be. He was really a, a first round pick, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, had a bad season. You know, this last spring I believe, and um, man, you just drop fast. Well, he still made his money. Yeah. He still got paid. Uh, and so they've uh, pretty much everybody else in the first round was under slot, and everybody else that they've signed except for Ryan Burgert, who uh, got five hundred thousand dollars. That's about two hundred fifty over his slot. Uh, that's sixth round pick. Uh, but anyway, they've saved a whole lot of money on other guys to be able to throw it at James Wood, which is kind of what we saw last year with Cole Wilcox, yeah. and that's what we saw be- uh, the year before with Hudson Head. Head, yeah. So this is kind of a, becoming a pattern that we're seeing with Preller drafts. And that's what he does, man. He knows how to work. He knows how to work the system. He knows how to work his draft board. And he knows who's going to sign for what, you know, and who won't sign. Like the two uh, guys in the late rounds, mm-hmm. the high school kids that are not going to sign. Yep. You, yep. know, he, you knew that pretty much right away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So according to my math, they've got about $114,000 remaining in their pool. And they've got a bunch of guys that were day three draftees left to sign. Um, so it's just really keeping track of what college guys they sign. And then those two high school dudes, it's... You know, nice meeting you, shake hands, and right, then right. maybe we'll see you in a couple right. years. We'll get into that in a little more detail uh, a little bit later on. Yeah. But that's the uh, that's the the major rumbling within the Padres organization. Um, you've got rumbling everywhere with trade talks. Yes. And who knows what's going to happen, but I'm hearing all kinds of names thrown all over the place. You know, and they're really talking about Joey Gallo, and I've been saying it on Twitter, and I'll say it here, like, I don't think Gallo's a solution. <laughs> You I don't, think we you need don't a, like Joey Gallo, huh? I, I don't think we need a guy to hit 210 and, and you know hit 25 bombs or whatever, but we need we need pitching. And For it's sure. not going to get any better. For sure. Jesse Agler was on Bennett Woods this morning, and that was his answer, was pitching, pitching, pitching. Yeah. Starters, relievers, doesn't matter. doesn't matter what the guys that are on your team are doing right now. You're going to need pitching. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we'll see what happens. And us prospect huggers, will uh, I'm sure we'll shed a tear with a couple of the names we see gone. Uh, but at the end, it's going to make the team better. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of guys that are making a, a name for themselves within the organization, Matt Waldron was promoted to AA San Antonio. And that lovely knuckleball. Yes. Uh, Fred Schlichtholz was moved from San Antonio down to Fort Wayne in his place. Um, and then Ethan Elliott was promoted to AA San Antonio. So congratulations to Matt and Ethan for earning a promotion. And Fred, actually, Fred, uh, he's in the affiliate rundown later on. He had his last outing in in uh, in San Antonio was was a good outing, but you know they needed him down in in Fort Wayne. Right. I, I suspect he's going to be one of those guys that kind of bounces around uh, wherever they have an opportunity, yeah. rather than the guys that are on more of an upward trajectory. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but Elliot. So Elliot pitched in two. He had a two one. 
a 2-1 record with a 2.95 ERA, the system's best 71 strikeouts and a .97 whip in 50 innings to start the year in high Fort Wayne. That's pretty dominant. That's really good. That's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> for, for a throwing guy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, um, just to kind of go off the path here, um, the you know the, the the pitcher for the Josiah Gray is coming up for the Dodgers tonight. And I hate to right. say Dodgers in a, in a Padres podcast, mm-hmm. but he was in the Mookie Betts trade, or he was in yeah, he was in the I can't remember what trade he was in, but he was one of those guys way down in the system, real young, but. He's going to make his debut tonight, and hopefully they're going to do some damage against the Giants. Nice. Good for him. Now you got me trying to trying to search the internet real quick. God, I read the article <laughs> waiting outside your house to get into this place as you nap. Uh, he was the, part of the Yasiel Puig, Matt Puig. Camp, Alex Wood, That's Al right. Farmer trade for Homer Bailey, Jeter Downs, and Josiah Gray. Yeah. Well, and so now he's getting his opportunity, but it goes to show that you need pitching. They're yeah. reaching deep to try to see what this kid's got because Kershaw with Bowers Bowers out. Yep. Yeah. David Price, I guess he's on the shelf. Oh, so. so we're not the only team. So the pod is not the only team dying for pitching. Oh, no. The, the earth is definitely moving <laughs> under our feet right now. <laughs> so, okay. So let's move on. And we're going to move on to what. You know, we preach a lot here on on this podcast. Uh, Advocate for minor league, minor league has tweeted the following on Monday. The AA teams for St. Louis Cardinals and the San Diego Padres begin a series tomorrow in San Antonio. This is where the Cardinals players were forced to sleep last night. And they showed a video that shows players sleeping on a banquet chairs on the floor uh, around what looks like like a dance table. Like there was a wedding there. There are round tables. Like I'm in, you know, I'm in like a hotel service. conference. Room. Like a hotel conference. Like there was an old wedding or something like that. Uh, and they were just sleeping on the floor. Guys sleeping on the chairs, sleeping on the ground. No blankets, no pillows. Just like guys laying down. Mm-hmm. It still happens. It still happens. You know, and right. it's un- and we're going to get more into it in the next article. But it's just, I don't understand why they can't just spend a little bit of money to make sure those guys are housed well. Well, so this is a team that's on the road, right? And so the organization is responsible for accommodating their lodging. Uh, I... I'm trying to be an optimist here. I'm I'm hoping that the situation is that they showed up, the hotel was booked, they called around, they couldn't find another hotel because I don't know, there's some big conference going on. Right, right, right. And they just that was their only resort. But then the flip side of that is that now there's a travel day between every series. Yeah. So it's not like they showed up at midnight and there's no room at the inn and oh hey, you can just crash in our conference room. That there's there's something else. So I, I really do hope that it's not the Cardinals just Having a lapse, right? Their travel guy kind of screwing up and and or maybe getting sold out. Yeah, right. and that's that's a that is a big lapse. I and mean, they have the schedule at the beginning of the season. They should be able to go out and book all those accommodations right. real quick. Right. <sighs> but we don't like hearing about this. No, and we have to keep talking about it because this is like the third time this year that we've talked about guys right. having problems. Guys from Bowie, the Bowie, uh, Bowie, the Double A team of the Baltimore Orioles, Bowie Bay, Bay Sox. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, they got stuck out, you know, and they and then then Bowie went out and goes like, oh, "We didn't do that," or "No, that wasn't the truth." Well, actually, they tweeted back out. Yes, players are actually telling us, "I just booked rooms." The, the agent guy, right? Um, it, when, it, when you were in Bowie, did you happen to do any investigative reporting? I did not. No, oh, man, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I saw Bo. I, hey, hey, Bo number twenty four. Number twenty four. Did you really have to sleep in a? <laughs> and to be honest, I really talked. T- <laughs> Shouting into the dugout. <laughs> Where are you guys staying tonight? <laughs> That's kind of creepy. That's, no, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that. No, I just want to, you know, I have a morning podcast. I want to talk about it. But let's move on. Right. Let's move on to more related bad news. More related bad news. So Alex Schultz uh, wrote this article for SFGate. Uh, for Oakland A single A players in Stockton, the team hotel charges alone exceeds their paychecks. Most players in Stockton Ports organization, the single A affiliate of the Oakland A's, are losing money when they're based at home for too many days in a row. Bank statements of port players received are reviewed by SFGate revealed that the team hotel charges over a two-week stretch exceeds the A's bi-monthly checks. A bizarre situation that is only alleviated when the ports hit the road and the A's are required to cover hotel fees. Through September, whenever the ports have another long homestand, they're going to face the same conundrum. Usually minor league players who make $500 a week before taxes rely on the hospitality host families during the season in order to avoid losing most or all their paychecks to rent alone. Host families often often strangers will put up players for free or charge very cheap and odd but exceedingly kind arrangement on their part. But this year, because of the pandemic, because of COVID, host families haven't been able to 
to uh, to stock to you know available to Stockton players. Excuse me. Nor most other minor leaguers, right. as we know yeah, from the a, the booster club in Lake Elsinore absolutely. that we're, we're close to. This is unusual. So you would think, and let's stop here. You would think, okay, for this year we're going to house your, you know, we're going to house you guys. We're going to help you guys a little bit, and it's not a lot of money, right? It's not a lot. It's not. We're talking millions of dollars. We're talking several mm-hmm. hundred thousand dollars, maybe close to a million if you want to do it for the whole, you know, for your whole system, right? You know, and so in Fort Wayne, I know that they work an arrangement with an apartment building that's like right across the street from the ballpark where the guys live in these quads and it's very reasonable rent that they've worked out with them. It's unusually low. You wouldn't be able to go out and find an apartment for anything close to that by yourself. Um, But the fact that they're putting the players up in a hotel and then asking them to pay, and it's not like they got some sweetheart bargain with a hotel, right? These guys are getting paid 500 bucks a week. And how so, does that work? Do you like, okay, check in. Hi, I'm Donovan. Yeah. Okay. Here's my hundred dollars or whatever. It, just, I don't know how that works. Well, it's gotta be the team billing them. I, I would imagine. But regardless, they, the, you would think that the team would be able to cover a larger portion of their accommodations in this unusual situation. I hope that within the Padres organization that they're taking better care of their players than this. Well, that, Steve, Steve Cohen for the Mets had tweeted. He, they had, you know, <laughs> Very outspoken owner. The, well, the um, advocates for minor league baseball, for minor leaguers, tweeted Steve Cohen this, and he said, we're going to look into it and do what we can. And just today before I turned on the mic, you know, they had quote tweeted that and said, hey, where, do we, where are you on this now? Oh, good. So he had said something, but he hadn't done anything yet. Right. Holding him accountable. I like yeah. that. Um, I, I had heard that the Astros were covering the living expenses or the, the lodging for all of their players at all levels, which yep. is... It's it's a great gesture. It's the right thing to do, and it shouldn't be something that's that extraordinary. No. So it's a shame. Okay, well, you know, so continuing with the article here, um, it's exceedingly difficult to rent an apartment at a reasonable price if you're only in Stockton for the summer months. So that's what the Ports players do. Two guys per room, losing money while chasing their big league dreams because the A's won't cover their, their housing in Stockton. The A's owner, John Fisher, is worth more than $3 billion, billion. according to Forbes. Houston Astros, for instance, are covering all housing costs for their minor leaguers this season, according to Harry Marino, the executive director of MILB Advocates. Quote, the cost of housing has been a significant issue for players in almost every MLB organization this year. We've heard from more than a few players who are, ta- who are taking home less than $100 for a two-week pay period once they subtract the cost of housing from their paycheck. But this situation, where players literally lost money on housing alone, takes the minor league housing crisis to an extreme. It is unacceptable and needs to be addressed. Yeah, we reached out to the A shortly before publication of the story, asking them if they have any comment about the working and living conditions of their single-A affiliate players. We also followed up for a third time about whether the A's are considering revisions to their extended spring training system when SFGate reported on June 25th that both the Giants and the A's weren't paying their extended spring training players. No one pays their extended spring training players. Mm -hmm. So the guys in the complex, and we'll talk about it in a minute, playing in 115-degree weather. For free. For free. (laughs) But the A's declined to comment on the the record and didn't respond to a follow-up email a few weeks later. Oh, man. There's so many layers to peel back on that. Um, A lot of us are familiar with the idea of living hand-to-mouth, and you pay your rent, and there goes more than half your money for the month, and now I've got to figure out how to pay my bills and how to eat, how to, you know, gas and insurance and all that stuff. Um, But... There's no, like, lifestyle benefit of them learning this. This is how you manage your money. No, this is... You know, it's just ridiculous. No, and it's also the team dictating that this is what you're going to pay for housing. <clears throat> and they're still getting paid a wage that's below the poverty level yeah. wage, especially in California. Yeah. And, oh, man. So it, it's just, it, you, you've got to think that the organization could pick up a portion of the bill. You know, say, hey, you know, we need 200 bucks a month for rent or something, but to charge you know, over $1,000 a month. And you're only you're in a hotel for two weeks, and then they probably have to check out. So the hotel's available to other guests. Right, right. It's not like they're reserving the place. This isn't like some extended stay where right. this is your place. You get to leave your stuff here. Ah, uh, th- this does it doesn't have to be this way. It and doesn't. then the next part about extended spring training and fall instructs and all of these you know optional team activities that are not paid. So yeah, you've got the complex there. They'll give you three meals a day. Uh, some of the some of the teams I understand do put their team up in a in, in a place hotel. in a hotel right there, but even then you're not getting paid. So what are you living off of? Right. 
Right. And I know some of these guys sign million dollar contracts, but most of them don't. So we're going to talk later about there's a player that just signed for $5,000 to be a San Diego Padre. And so what's that buy you? That buys you a crappy car that you can pack your stuff in and drive across the country. After taxes, it's going to be about 2000 bucks. It's not going to even do that. Yeah, yeah. So how is a guy supposed to live, eat, train, all of this like an athlete while they're not getting paid in the offseason? They're not getting paid for these these often mandatory yeah. team activities. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to make that change? I, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to catastrophize this thing. Uh, you know, this isn't catastrophe enough watching you guys sitting in a, you know, slipping on banquet chairs right. in, in the conference room. But that's nothing new. Is, is this going to be someone like, okay, we couldn't get a room. A, so he stayed in a seedy part of town and got hurt. Or that's a know, step it, up from sleeping in the middle of the, on the floor of the bus while you're yeah. riding overnight because you don't have a day off between travel dates. So, yeah, it's an incremental change for the better. But, man, there's a long way for it to go. It's a long way to – but it's such a small – you know, and we're just going to beat this thing and beat the dead horse here. Right, but you take the, the, the fifth best reliever on your team and he's making more money than it would cost to house all of these guys yep. for the whole year. Yep, yep. So just shift a little bit of your budget – and you can make your life so make the quality of life so much better for so many people in your organization. Your investment, but nobody's doing it. Treating your investment. Ugh. So moving on, we're gonna finish. Yeah, up. let's move on. Let's move on <laughs> <laughs> to, to something other. That's something a little bit more bewildering. Um, the, so the AAA have extended their season in a ten-game tournament called AAA Final Stretch. The final stretch. The final stretch. We talked a little bit about this last. It's podcast. like the chase to the cup or whatever in NASCAR. <laughs> So they have uh, so they have agreed today announced the rescheduling of ten games at the AAA level that were postponed at the start of the 2021 season. The rescheduled games will be played in a new postseason tournament format called AAA Final Stretch, Ooh. and will follow the current 120 game AAA Championship season schedule. All 30 AAA clubs will play five home games and five road games during the stretch. I like your excited voice. Right, for each the new the, for your uh, get some music in the background. <laughs> for your each AAA East and AAA West, the 2021 regular season champion will be named based on overall winning percentage through the original scheduled championship season. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Among the 30 clubs, a single 2021 AAA final stretch winner will also be crowned based on the highest overall winning percentage during this 10-game stretch. What? Hey, but the winning club will be awarded a prize by Major League Baseball. So that doesn't make sense to me that you're going to have a air quotes champion for your regular season. And then they just kind of stapled on this two. Oh, hey, here's two more homestands at the end. And whoever does well for those two homestands... You random on where you're playing right. and who you're playing against. Right. Whoever does the best out of those 10 games is going to get a special prize by MLB as they're crowned the final stretch. Now, I'm being way too facetious here. I want to know what the prize is going to be. Is it going to be cash? It better be loving cash. It better be loving cash. Yeah, but then I'm going to be pissed if I'm like, the guy that, that, that killed it all season. Right, during the regular and season. you hit a tough team that last two weeks and you win the regular season. You get your, your championship. Yeah. But then somebody else gets the cash bonus because they played well for 10 games. Yeah, 10 games. I, it, I'm sorry. This all seems like a cash grab to me. It seems it, like an opportunity does. for baseball to collect... 10 more days worth of gate revenue, uh, maybe even drive a little bit of video content, you know, because right. I know some of these games are broadcast. Right. And, and really, you know, the AAA, and they, they need it. And just not joke around. The AAA team, they make the most money, yep. but they also need it as much. Well, yeah, and I'm all for the promotion. And hopefully this is something that MLB, big MLB, is promoting. Yeah. Yeah, that while this is going on, this is something to try to draw interest to it. But it just, it, it seems contrived it yeah. seems kind of just manufactured and yeah. like they just try to pull something out of a hat rather than some kind of actual playoff yeah. format that <laughs> winds <laughs> up it, because the the, the cool yeah. final game that they used to play between the pcl and the international league that What's one you? game What's who's you? it's like the world right. series of minor league right. baseball right 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 and, and they're not doing that now can you imagine if we're in a little room what 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 do we do what do we do what Hey, let's have a. Let's, let's call it the final stretch. That's that's right after the guy that goes. Oh, hey, let's pay our guys a living wage and actually oh, yeah. cover their living expenses, uh, and they throw him out the window. Right, right. <laughs> uh, we think this format will add excitement to the end of the season, while also allowing our teams a chance to reschedule games that were lost earlier in the year," said Major League Baseball senior vice president, minor league 
Minor League Operations and Development, Peter Woodford. That is a very long title. That's a very long title. With all 30 teams participating in this final stretch, all AAA players and communities will have the opportunity to win this year's postseason tournament. And drive some revenue. Yeah. And get a participation trophy. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine what it would be. It better be cash. It better be cash. I, I hope it's cash. And it better be like $5,000. I don't know. It's probably going to be like 500 bucks. There well, you go. Maybe it's going to be something like what the teams do for the actual playoffs that they, they get a pool and then they split it based on shares. No, that's not going to happen. The, the, the teams are going to take all that gate money. Right. But yeah, well, you're right, though. Wouldn't it be something to tell you? Well, the yeah, shares, they take the, one the little slice of that gate money. Okay, right. here's this little piece of pizza over here, little skinny piece. And that's here. You players get to divide that between all yourself. Here's a gift card at Chipotle. <laughs> hey, when, when a small organization oh like Adopt a Minor Leaguer has to, has to do that to get Chipotle cards to, a, to an affiliate. No, you're right. That's insane. You're right. You're right. Oh, man. Okay, let's talk about some positive stuff. Right. Here. Let's get off the pedal stool. But it's okay. just, I mean, uh, we have to, uh, this is what we do. Uh, and this is our little. It's the mood we're in right now, right, too. Because right the, the, the earth is moving under our feet. And we just don't know what to do. The sky is tumbling down. Uh, okay, so draft signings. So following it up, the, uh, the okay, Padres also. Okay, so we talked about the top two uh, draftees. The Padres have also come to terms with 11 of the college athletes drafted in the 2021 class. So that's 13 total signees so far, the two high school guys, plus 11 college players. Um, headlined by third-round reliever Kevin Copps, this year's Golden Spikes Award winner. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Huge. Because he was up against Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, two amazing starting pitchers for yeah. Vanderbilt. Um, he signed for $300,000, which was well below the recommended slot value of 587400 So in his case, he's older. He's, uh, what, 24 years old, I think I have? Yeah, twenty. he's 24 years old. He's the oldest guy in, that the Padres selected. Uh, he's already had Tommy John surgery. He's been used pretty much exclusively as a reliever. So there's a lot of things that say, you know, it's he doesn't come at a premium because right. he's young right. and because he's got this stamina to go out there and he's a workhorse that throws 120 pitches every right. in, every game with five full. You know, he doesn't have all that stuff. At 24, he yeah. needs to be in double A tomorrow. Got, he's got a disgusting breaking ball that kind of does two different things and a fastball that he can spot that he kind of pitches backwards with. Um, so there's value, but it's not quite half a million dollars value. It's $300,000. Here's a nice bonus because when you're living on $5 hot and readies, right. yeah, at least you can chip in a little bit and support yourself. Uh, okay, so left-hander Robert Gasser was the competitive balance B pick. He signed for full slot of 884200 Fourth-round pitcher Jackson Wolf out of West Virginia signed for $300,000, which was a little bit below his $438,700 uh, slot. Fifth round for uh, second baseman Max Ferguson signed for his full slot value of three hundred twenty four thousand one hundred. Um, eighth round second baseman Lucas Dunn signed for a hundred thousand. Ninth round pitcher Garrett Hawkins signed for seventy five thousand. Tenth round Colden Bender signed for five thousand. And then I saw that Anthony Villar um, in the fifteenth round a second baseman signed for one hundred twenty five thousand. And Alec Jacob, a pitcher taken in the sixteenth round out of Gonzaga, uh, signed for seventy five thousand. Um, let me remind everyone that after the 10th round, the first $125,000 of the signing bonus does not count against the pool. Yeah. So we're, there's still about eight guys, or well, six guys, not including the two high school kids, that the Padres have remaining to sign. They're probably going to sign them all. Right. They're all high school, or I'm not, they're all college, seniors. seniors, juniors, and junior college guys, which almost always sign for some bonus. They're yeah. looking for an opportunity. Um, then, then there's Gage Jump and Chase Burns, the two guys that they kind of took a leap at. And I saw last week you pointed out how Gage Jump said something about onward to Omaha right. with the UCLA. Bruins colors. Yeah. So he's definitely going to UCLA. And Chase Burns is a top 50 prospect. He's going to go to what uh, Tennessee is where he's committed. That's right. Um, the Tennessee mix. They up. don't have these guys would take huge bonuses yeah. to sign. You don't see guys si signed in the 18th round for $3 million. It just does not happen. So, and so the Padres have already spent all that money. They only have about 114000 remaining left in their pool. Um, and so you'll see that kind of scattered around among the, uh, the college guys taken on the, on the third day. So you'll see some guys probably signed for 200000 250000 right. and, and that's where the rest of that money is going to go. Well, and, and you don't see guys you know, signing in the third round for $3 million except for when Preller does it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that this is going to break some other rule that no second round player taken in blah, blah, blah ever signed for 2.6 million. Yeah. Um, 
another kind of subplot to watch, there's undrafted free agents that are also being signed. Yeah. So uh, Baseball <clears throat> America has a tracker for that. Uh, right now, they've got four guys on the list. Justin Farmer, an outfielder out of Florida International. Brendan Heiss, a pitcher, a right-handed pitcher out of Southeastern in Florida. Matt Sparling, a left-handed pitcher out of Florida Atlantic. And Cole Cummings from UC Santa Barbara, a third baseman, have signed with the Padres as undrafted free agents. I believe they're capped to a $20,000 bonus. Okay. I, I also saw someone on Twitter, you know, someone was videoing this guy. I think he was playing in the in you know summer league and... He had signed with the Padres, and he was on the phone. Yeah. You didn't hear much of what he said, but, you know, the caption said, you know, signed with the Padres. Right. That was Colton Bender. Okay. That was when he was drafted. And right. it was it looked like he was in the middle, like, probably... In the middle of a game! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. Hey, he played hey, Summer League. Somebody's on the phone. And then you can hear the, the other guys in his team yeah. like, chanting out, Bender! Yeah. Bender! <laughs> I love that stuff, man. That's, that's the nice stuff, yeah. the positive stuff of baseball. So then... Maybe later this summer, we'll be talking about him getting his first hit in pro ball. Yeah, would be nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. So let's move on. Can we move on to the affiliate rundown? Okay, so affiliate rundown. And the first thing I see here are the letters ACL. Do you know what my wife did two weeks ago? She ruptured her ACL. <laughs> I'm never going to get used to seeing ACL as Arizona Complex League. I'm so used to it being AZ, AZL, A-Zeta, A-Z-L. Arizona League. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, ACL. Okay, so for strike one, on Monday, Brett Kennedy pitched two scoreless for the Padres striking out two. The 26-year-old left his start for El Paso on June 5th with what appeared to be a muscle strain. He went one for three with a 9.9 ERA and seven starts for El Paso before the injury. Charlie Aquino hit his first professional home run. Congratulations! And then, nice! A 19-year-old infielder from San Cristobal, San uh, Dominican Republic, Aquino spent 2019 split between the Padres clubs in Arizona and the Dominican, batting 255 with 25 RBIs and 192 at-bats. First of all, thank you so much, Mad Friars, for giving us this opportunity to use your information. Thank you, David J. Thank you, Mark Wilkins. Thank you, Kevin Charity. Thank you, John Conniff. And thank you, Ben Davey, for all that you do so we can bring this information to you. Yes. Okay, for, for strike two, on Thursday, it was an up-and-down outing for Bodie Rascon, who allowed three runs in the first inning before settling in. In the first, the fastball kept missing low and outside early in the count and coming back into the zone, which led to big hits for the Giants. But he and catcher Jared Alvarez-Lopez adjusted well, bringing the fastball up while keeping it away and eliciting swings and misses. It's nice to see guys work together and come up with that adjustment and yeah. actually execute it in a game. Uh, the pitch became the 20-year-old's bread and butter for the rest of the appearance as he struck out five Giants. Madrid, Spain native Christian Heredia showed good plate discipline, resulting in a pair of singles. He was, uh, he was in another uh, rundown as well that I didn't put in here, but he seems to be doing well. Yeah. Also, Mark Wilkins lives in Phoenix. Yes. So he was tweeting last night pictures of him at, at the field, and they're playing near dark, so I don't think they're playing in the middle of the day. Maybe they're doing drills during the day. But they're certainly having these guys play the games, uh, I think, more earlier in the evening. Good, good. Moving to late in the day where it starts to cool down a little bit and the mosquitoes come out. Exactly. (laughs) It's 95, not 105. Oh, man. Arizona is a fun place to be in the summer. But (laughs) Mad Friars had a lot of interesting content the last last week or so because they had uh, Kevin Charity went to Fort Wayne. Yep. Um, I'm, John Conniff is in D.C. while the Padres were in D.C. Yep. And I believe he was at the game when all that crazy stuff was going on outside the park. Thank he was. goodness everybody responded as well as they could have yeah. and things didn't get worse there. Um, we had some guys in uh, San Antonio too, right? Yep. John uh, Conniff and uh, was it Ben Davey and Wilkins and Charity in Fort Wayne? Okay. Yeah, so it's it's always neat when they send their guys out to the affiliates. You have an opportunity to talk to people, but then you see it in the daily rundown. There's a little more information than just what you can gather from box yeah. scores and looking back at the at the game video. Absolutely. Okay, so strike three. On Friday, Anthony Nunez knocked in both runs with single, his only hit of the night. Nunez, age 20, was a 29th rounder in 2019 out of high school in the Miami area. He's been one of the hottest hitters in the desert this year in a limited sample. He has seen most of his action at first base and is hitting 250, 432, 393 overall. Right-handed pitcher Luarbert Arias also turned in a scoreless outing, tossing two innings Friday night. The 20-year-old has worked in four games in the desert this year, but has yet to exceed two innings. He worked primarily as a starter in 2019 with the AZL Padres before advancing to Tri-City. He possesses the stuff necessary to start, to uh, so it would so it could be working on getting stretched out. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like Lorbert Arias has been around for a while. I, when We've I saw seen that him name for too, a few years, yeah. and they signed him when he was 16. Yeah. But I'm used to those guys kind of not being visible for the first couple years. Yeah. Uh, where it seems like he's been bouncing around a little bit, and the team really seems to believe in him. And you see the guy; he's a big dude. Is he? Yeah, he's got the he's got the body. I mean, it's almost like a Levon Hernandez, like a young Levon Hernandez kind of a body, where it just looks like somebody that could stand there and just just pump gas. Yeah, pump <laughs> gas for a long time. <laughs> We'll move on to Lake Elsinore. <clears throat> Strike one. Wednesday, Carlos Guarte pitched his best game of his career. He threw six nearly perfect innings to earn the win. The only blemish were a hit-by-pitch and error. His 4.94 ERA is inflated because of one start against Modesto, where he gave up 10 earned runs and 3.2 innings. Since that horrendous start, Guarte has appeared in three games, pitching in 14 innings, allowing just four runs while striking out 17. Good enough for a 2.57 ERA and a .93 whip. And a one... 84 batting average. He also earned a promotion to Fort Wayne. He did. Right after that start, he yep. got moved up. So Mad Friars tweeted out that that start earned him the promotion. Yes. He's had a really good start to the season outside of that one game. So yeah. one game isn't going to earn you a promotion, but boy, that's a dominant outing for him. That's my guy, Carlos Guadalajara. I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs> um, Robert Hassel the third, after picking up three more hits, he is now hitting 364, 417. 473 over his last 15 days, including three straight multi-hit games. When we talk about his overall consistency, Hassel is a shining example. While every hitter goes through hot and cold stretches, Hassel's long stretch this year without reaching base has been two games. And even that has only happened four times all season. Combine that with an above-average defense and center, and you have every bit the prospect the Padres were hoping for when they drafted him. He is now hitting 301, 381, 458 on the season. Compared to fellow draft class member Zach Veen, 249, 364, and 408. Interesting. And I think Veen just got picked up to a double A. Okay. Yeah, they were uh-huh. drafted right after each other. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people wanted to see the Padres pick Veen. They went with Hassel yeah. instead. They went with the pure hit tool over the power speed that Veen brings. But, man, Hassel's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, we were up there last Thursday, which was rated our night. And I see that's the next, uh, the next note here for strike two, but... Our, our note here is about Joshua Mears, but I want to just point out that while I was there, Hassel was all over the, the field, and he yeah. was getting on base every time he was up. He was stealing a couple bases out in center field. He tracked down a couple nice fly balls. It's just everything you want to see out of a guy, yeah. he's up there doing it. Yeah. Okay, so for strike two, on Thursday, Joshua Mears smacked a two-out, bases-loaded single to center to play to pair. He then led off the fifth with a screaming low liner that scraped over the six-foot fence down the left-field line before capping his night with a two-run moonshot that appeared to easily clear the batting cage building beyond the left-field scoreboard. I believe David J. said that that may have hit the Walgreens. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, so you guys, if you've never been to Lake Elsinore, that batting area is... Several feet is like 40, 50 feet behind the fence. Right. It's, it's like it's like you can drive a car between. There's it. like at least two cages yeah. back there, two batting cages, and then there's a berm behind that. Yeah. And I think his ball went on top of all of that. And then if you keep going for another <laughs> like half a mile, there's a Walgreens. <laughs> so that's where the ball was heading. But so we had to leave early because the aforementioned ACL that Angela her yeah. her knee was was giving her all kinds of right. fits. So we decided, okay, the game's way out of hand. It's the eighth inning. We're gonna go. We left before that moonshot. But what I did see was the line drive that cleared. Laser. It was a laser. It had top spin on it too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of these that just stays low. It kind of yeah. it was diving as it went over, and not because of gravity, but because of the spin it had yeah. on it. That thing was hit so hard and so fast. I mean, I was watching that game and I'm, holy shit. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, it was smoked. Oh my gosh, what a game. And then there was also great pitching in that game as well. So they turned in a complete game on on Thursday. It was so so much fun. Okay, so for strike three, again, Robert Hassel III. He added two more doubles to push his team high total to 21 as he lifted his line to the month, for the month to 400, 459, 545. Those are Ted Williams numbers. Yeah, they are. Arubio Langhillis extended his hitting streak to 21 games with the second triple of the series and a bases-clearing double that broke the game open during a five-run fifth inning. The 19-year-old continues to show great bat speed and a feel for the barrel. He struck out just six times in 59 trips to the plate this month. He's the quiet, underrated. He's going to move. He may not move fast, but he is doing really well. Yeah, he's doing amazing, and he's only 19. Yeah, this is the first chance in, uh, you know, really to have a full season in affiliated ball. Right. Yeah, so so before we started, you were saying, you know, when is Hassel going to go up? Yeah, and we're it's like he's still young, and I'm like, 
he's still learning how to wash his own laundry. Right. You know, I, we don't know because there's what they do on the field and there's right. also what's going on off the field right. from a maturity professionalism standpoint of one of these kids ready to, to make that move as well. Yeah. So, but, I mean, a Ruby Landhill, he's, he's from another country. He's 19 years old. There's a whole lot to learn at that age. Just about Monterey, being, Mexico, I think. Okay. At least Monterey. Um, you, just to be a professional baseball player on top of the stuff you do between the lines. But what these guys are doing right now, I mean, you better get up to Lake Elsinore to see them before, yeah. they're, before they're gone. Certainly him and Mears. There's a lot of guys that could be moving up Oh, for pretty, sure. pretty quickly. Yeah, Mears is still striking out a ton, but every time he hits the ball, it's hard, and he's doing it enough. I think, he's, I think his OPS plus is like 35% above yeah. the league average right now. He's doing so much right. Okay, so moving on to the tin caps. Strike one on Wednesday, Matt Waldron ranks fourth in the league in ERA at 3.24, fourth in the league at strikeouts with 72, and by far the most innings pitched with 72 and a third. The next closest is 13 innings behind. Most of that is due to the use of his knuckleball. Unlike a slider, a knuckleball doesn't put as much force on your elbow, making it less taxing on a pitcher. So a pitcher like Matt Waldron can show can throw 100 pitches without breaking a sweat. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, I mean, kind of... <laughs> Anyway, over his last three starts, he's pitched 22 innings, including a career-high eight innings tonight. This was on Wednesday. He also tied his career-high with eight strikeouts and did not allow an earned run for the first time all year. Even in the eighth inning, hitters were constantly guessing and flailing as the pitch fluttered up there. The pitch was so good that his poor catcher, Adam Kerner, who had no idea, no idea where it was going, he had three passed balls, which led to the lone run allowed by Waldron. If he can keep this pace up, he should be next in line for a promotion. Yeah, and that promotion happened it after happen. Wednesday. So Iribo is from uh, Higui, uh, Dominican Republic. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've got Ronaldo's picked up his league leading twenty first double of the of his season. All right, Tirso Ornelas. He started off so cold. Right. And now he's started to find, at first he was getting on base a lot. Yep. Now we're starting to see the power come. I mean, it's a lot of doubles, but he's a line drive hitter. He's yep. not a fly ball hitter. Maybe that's another adjustment to make down the road. Down the road. But uh, right now you let the guy, because he's only 21, barely 21, but yeah. what, six foot five of chiseled Adonis. Adonis, dude. <laughs> okay, for strike two, I hate to say this, but game two of the double hitter, the Tim Katz got no hit. They got no hit. It, it never happened. I never saw it. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it's just a bypass. It was only a seven-inning game, so it's not a real no-hitter anyway. Right. <laughs> tell that to Madison Bumgarner. A Saturday Anderson. Oh, I will tell that to right. Madison Bumgarner. I will gladly tell <laughs> that to Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> so Saturday Anderson Espinosa returned from a 10-game suspension with three no-hit innings. Oh, do you remember what the suspension was for? Oh, yes. The sticky stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I We never heard the rest of that story. Yeah. Well, so... Dylan Sinton had no information on it. I was tweeting with the guys from uh, because uh, the guys from advocates from minor leaguers are more than baseball yeah. advocates from minor leaguers. Tweeted the same thing about another pitcher. No, he got you know he got sent down 10, 10 day suspension. That's it. No investigation. No looking at the glove. No way to say you know when it. Appeal it. There's no appeal. Well, yeah, and this isn't like the major leagues where the the pitcher has to sit, stand there and face the jury of the media. And right. yeah, well, you know, I was using some chapstick, and some happened to get smeared on my glove. I don't know. You know, come yeah. up with something like that. You, you sweat. You pick up your glove. Your glove's on the bench. Like, there's all kinds of ways, and not just sticky stuff, but like a foreign substance like sweat and rosin. Yeah, it's paste. Or a chewing tobacco spit. Yeah. Or you know, who knows, anything. So I texted that he had, had happened to him as well, or, or to a Tim Cap player, I wanted to be very general, uh, and they said it happens all the time. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's nothing new. It's, you know, it's not going to, hopefully it's not going to follow him throughout his career. I can't imagine it would. I mean, it's not like we're talking about PEDs right. or domestic violence or something huge like that. It's one time they found something on his glove. Who knows what it was? Was it, was it anything? Who knows? Right. Right. But as long as it's not a, if he gets popped like three times in a row, then okay, something's up. But he won't, I, the Padres shouldn't let that happen. No. So the 23-year-old Espinosa hasn't appeared in a game since July 1st when umpires checked him for foreign substance after the first inning and ejected the Padres' former top prospect. In his return to the mound Saturday, Espinosa, a right-hander, struck out two, walked one, and threw 18 of his 32 pitches for strikes. After missing four seasons following back-to-back Tommy John surgeries, Espinosa has a <clears throat> excuse me. Espinosa has a 5.87 ERA, 27 strikeouts, and a 1.35 WHIP in 23 innings, 10 starts. It's good to see him healthy. I don't care about the results. Obviously, we want him to do well, but just keep him healthy. Right. Everything right. else will figure it out. He hasn't pitched yep. for two years. So in affiliated ball. So 
Let him learn that stuff. Let it take the time for sure. Yeah, but just the fact that he's still healthy, yeah. going out there every fifth day, that's, that's fantastic. And yeah, they're trying to get him to pitch longer. They want him to pitch more innings. It's mm-hmm. going to take time to build that up. Right. But then 10 days on the shelf, you miss a, miss a start. Yeah. Kind of, kind of messes with that rhythm. Absolutely. I wonder if they had him throw a, a simulated game or something in the middle of that just to keep the routine going. Or you can throw BP, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ryander Moses Lugo, 1-3, 3.83 ERA, struck out nine and scattered two hits over four shutout innings in relief to earn the win. All right. Strike three on Sunday. Eric Sabrowski worked five more two-hit innings on Sunday. Uh, through the first four frames, Sabrowski didn't allow a hit, but after sitting through his teammates' outburst in the top of the inning, the Canadian hurler allowed a two-run double and another walk before finishing five innings for the second straight outing. Drafted out of junior college in Kansas in 2018, he underwent Tommy John surgery before making a professional appearance. Um, that's kind of like Mason Fioli, yeah. what he just went through. Um, he hadn't logged any official innings before this spring, although he impressed in minicamp and instructs last year. Opponents are hitting a paltry 171 against him, and he has a dominant 37 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio in 24 innings of work. Definitely a, a dark horse to keep yeah. an eye on. Well, Dylan Sin, I asked Dylan Sin, so who have we talked about that you think needs some recognition? And he's like, Alex Sobrowski. So when you hear a reporter say something like that, that's yeah. not just what they're seeing in the stat lines. That's also what they're seeing, you know, the attitude, the the, yeah. the presentation as he's pitching. Who's really impressed you? And also when you know, on days not, you know, who's involved? Who's the cheerleader? Who's, who's everybody <laughs> rallied around? So I guess Eric's that guy. All right, moving on to the mission. Strike one Wednesday after raking third in the high A central. <clears throat> high A central. High A central. The California League. In ERA at 2.92 ERA. Uh, in, in ERA at two, uh, 2.92, thank you. A second in whip, 0.97. Third in batting average against 204. And fifth in strikeout, 71. Ethan Elliott struck out five in five and two-thirds strong innings in his double-A debut for the San Antonio Missions. They lost 3-2 to two in 10 innings on Tuesday night at Corpus Christi, though. I said California League. I meant you did. Midwest, Midwest League. League. I can't even keep them straight. You know, God. I hear high A, and I think California League. Man, I'm still all messed up. So stri- Go ahead. Okay, so strike two. On Thursday, the Eggie Rosario show was on full display as the 21-year-old was a virtual one-man wrecking crew. Rosario's eighth home run of the season catapulted San Antonio to a 6-5 to five lead in the eighth inning, proving to be the decisive blow in the contest. In the wake of the de- devastating injury to C.J. Abrams, Rosario's July has more than filled the void for the mission's offense. The 21-year-old is slashing 298, 404, 468 for the month. Jack Sawinski reached base in all five of his plate appearances. The Jack Sawinski show continues. Yep. The 22-year-old prospect from Chicago had an infield single in the second inning, sandwiched around four walks, raising his on-base percentage to 382 for the month. So now, Eggie Rosario, you forgot we were back in 2019. Yeah. When he was in Lake Elsinore. Yeah. And he wasn't exactly tearing it up, but he was a, he was a thick boy. Oh, yeah. And now he's only still 21 in double A? Yeah, and even in Lake Elsinore, so there was some swing and miss, but yeah. he still drew a decent number of walks, and he, he made a lot of loud contact yeah. while playing second, third, short, whatever you need him to do. Uh, but now he's moved up to double A, and he's stepped it up a whole nother level. Absolutely. Now, he was eligible for the Rule 5 draft last year. He Obviously, he will be again this year. Right. So with all the trade rumors, he could be somebody that the Padres would be you know, not too unwilling to part with. Right. Since a huge year like this might have him picked in the Rule 5 anyway. Yeah. So, uh, strike three, Saturday, Adrian Martinez, 24, and his sinker-slider combination might be the best choice in the entire organization. With five scoreless frames Saturday, Martinez lowered his ERA for July to .53 across 17 innings and three starts. Very small sample size. The Mexico native has allowed just 10 hits while striking out 16 against seven in that span, he relies on a heavy to low, a heavy low to mid 90s sinker to go along with a very effective slider. Philip Wellman told us last week Martinez is one of the pitches he would recommend if the Padres needed a spot starter. So we just saw Reese Kinnear come up and make a major league debut. He is with the team right now. Reese is, or he is. Reese okay. is. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think he's still on the active roster. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so Henry Henry's two scoreless innings dropped his ERA to the, for the month to 2.08 as he continues to show month-to-month improvements. Overall, the 22-year-old Dominican has a 2.92 ERA in 37 innings this season. He's been especially effective against right-handed hitters. He's a right-handed pitcher yeah. uh, who are batting just 157 against him. Um, so he's another guy that's on an upward trajectory yeah. after a couple of years of kind of stalling and like what's going to happen with him. And now they have him focusing on relieving and he's succeeding. Yeah, and he's long and, and lanky. Lots of moving parts, lots of elbows and arms there. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a smaller Darius Valdez. Yeah, and his Darius is six Much foot ten. Uh, but he's like he always reminded me of Gumby. Just right, his, his right, build, that he's right. tall, he's slim, he's got these long arms. Uh, and, and if you ever get a chance to watch him in the dugout, which I'm sure you have, like he's in the dugout, farting around, playing around, having a good time, like keeping it loose in the dugout. Oh yeah, he's a great guy to watch. So Reese Kinnear is with the team. I, I saw the tweet from Kevin Nacy, I think yesterday. He's I think he's on the taxi squad. Okay. So there's okay. a doubleheader tomorrow. We'll see how the game ends up today, but there's a doubleheader tomorrow. We'll see if he maybe gets a start. Right. Or he could be added as the 27th guy. Right. Yeah, if they need an additional reliever or something like that. Right. Okay, so on Thursday, Reese Canaire's whirlwind week concluded with his AAA debut. So he makes his AAA debut after making his MLB debut, right. kind of like Ryan Weathers <laughs> earlier this year. Made his MLB debut in the postseason, and then, oh, hey, six months later, welcome to AAA. <laughs> okay, so the former Fordham Ram lasted 2.2 innings, needing 47 pitches to complete his outing. outing. Uh, Taylor Colway logged the lone Chihuahua's extra base hit, giving El Paso a short-lived lead in the first. The Washington lacrosse product boasts a 369 average in his second stint in El Paso this season. That's the other guy that can have uh, be a trade chip as well. For sure, for sure. So strike two Friday, Luis Camposano only had one hit Friday night, but it left the yard for a six-homer of the year. The 22-year-old continues to elevate his game after a slow start. Camposano has a terrific 3-3-3-4-1-5-6-11 slash... I don't know why I had to say it like that. Uh, slash in July and has struck out only four times in 41 plate appearances. That that less than 10% strikeout rate that is, is the, huge. That's amazing. Yeah, and Taylor Colway had a pair of hits in Friday's game, extended his hit streak to seven. The 26-year-old outfielder has five multi-hit games and has struck out just twice during the streak. In 47 plate appearances in July, Callaway is hitting a scorching 442, 489, and 698 with three homers. Taylor, you know who he reminds me of? Huh? Van Meter? Van Meter? Josh Van Meter? Josh Van Meter. I think he plays now with, with the Arizona Diamondbacks, but we let him go in 2019, and the Reds picked him up. Right. And he did really well. He did. He took off. Now, Josh Van Meter is an infielder. Yeah. Uh, but at the plate, they're kind of similar looking guys. Just line drive, line drive, decent plate, pretty good plate discipline. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Colway, he plays first base in the corner outfield positions. Uh, so, who knows? I think we were wondering last year or last last week whether, uh, whether he might get an opportunity to make an MLB debut at some point. Uh, but, you know, I wonder if there are some players that when they're at that level, they're kind of knocking at the door, but right. they're in an organization like the Padres right now where everything's pretty locked up. If they would welcome that trade at yeah. some point, because then they go to a place where they have more opportunities. Because if Colway was playing for, I don't know, the, the Pirates, right? maybe he'd get a chance to, to come up and show what he's got. Yeah. But the Padres don't have room for that. And we, that was us in, in the past where it's like, yeah. okay, bring him up in August and, you know, give him, <laughs> give him 30 plate appearances and see what he does because the games don't mean anything anyway. Put him in a music video and it's good. <laughs> right. Tank top, Tommy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, we were so naive back then. Oh, Me and that Lady was so awesome. First started he dating. was a heartthrob though. I, we call him our son. It's our son. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we were still, oh my God. Oh man. The good old days of bad Padres baseball. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so for strike three, to bring it home, Saturday, Jesse Schultens gave up just one earned run through five innings in his best start in a month. Lefty Kyle McGrath followed with one and two-thirds scoreless innings before giving way to Evan Miller, who gave up one run over two innings of his own. Mason Thompson picked up the final out for his seventh save in El Paso. After working just three times in the first two weeks after he was sent back to the Chihuahuas, Thompson came back without an off day Sunday for just the second time in AAA and third overall. For Miller, 26th, the outing was a sixth straight of at least two innings. Yeah. So there's there are a lot of arms in AAA yeah. that you know, maybe people want this this back end reliever you know, they want to bring in Josh Hader, but maybe the team might have some reinforcements coming from within and guys like this that they can call yeah. up you know and have an opportunity to to make an impact you know, absolutely with Thompson absolutely uh, Evan Miller you know why not yeah why not 
And, and Jesse Schultens has had a great year. He might be another yeah. guy to call and to, <clears throat> to keep an eye on for a spot start. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're not talking about going there. You know, it's funny. I was at the Reese Kinnear um, start, and I'm like, yeah, they just called this guy out. They're like, is any good? I'm like, he's going to get you through a few innings. You know, yeah. it, it, we down there, it's minor league baseball is totally different than major league baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he's the, okay, but he's not going to be, you know, don't expect him to like light the world on fire. Right. Yeah. And after seeing him work in Lake Elsinore and seeing what he's like on a normal day. Yeah. And then seeing him in the bullpen there at Petco Park and his eyes were saucers. Yeah. That, I mean, oh my God, this place has three decks and there's 30,000 people here screaming at me. All looking I, at me. And that's not, yeah. and that's not a knock. It's not a knock. It's just, it's just who he is right now. Right. It's a whole different environment. Yeah. It's a completely different yeah. world than what he's used to. Um, so everybody's going to struggle with that. It takes a different person to be dropped into that situation and just, you know, cool as a cucumber. Right. right. That doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. But Unless there are, it's Fernando Tatis Jr. Right. There is there is hope, though. So, I mean, I know we want to trade for, for a starting pitcher or, you know, a solid bullpen guy. But till then, we have some we have some pieces that we can get up there to kind of fill some innings because the starting pitching is not getting it done. Right. And this is just, nug- once again, beating a dead horse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need some starting pitchers that can get you through five innings on a regular basis. Yeah. And everybody's banged up. And then you need relievers that can eat up innings as well. So, I would wonder where this team would be without guys like... Nick Ramirez and Daniel Camarena and Aaron Northcraft, who just got released. Right, N- Nabil Krismat. Nabil Krismat, yeah. The Northcraft guys that, went back to AAA, yeah? No, they, they released him. Oh, they released yeah, him? Yeah, they designated him for assignment, and I saw just the other day that he was released. So maybe that was his own request. Maybe he right. thought he could find a better opportunity right. somewhere else. And so, you know, best wishes. gas, he just, you know, it's a little bit of Jordan Guerrero. Right, yeah. And he's, what, I, th- I think he's in his 30s already now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's I mean, he's been around a long okay. time. So he was one of these journeyman guys that, yeah, he got to cash an MLB paycheck. And there are hundreds of thousands of guys that never got the chance to do that. He's one of 20,000 people that actually got to play Major League Baseball. So good good for him. It's, you know. And wouldn't be surprised if you saw someone like that show up with the Pirates, with with Miami, you know, with, with one of the struggling teams that need guys. He is 31. Yeah. And so he's bounced all over the place. He was with the Padres for a while. I believe he came over in the Justin Upton trade. And then he was in the Padres system for a few years, and then they let him go, and he got picked up here, got picked up there. So good thing he got an opportunity to cash that check. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. And I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down